welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. And there we are. Good day, everyone. It is Sunday, which means it is time for Sunday Night Teacher Talk. That happens in the afternoon. I don't know. I always repeat that, but it just is funny to me. Uh, my name is CJ Reynolds, and if you've never been here before, this is a live um, talk, like conversation that is just me talking in words uh, that happens every single Sunday um, with the idea that we are trying to, especially in this year, this insane educational year, uh, we are trying to help teachers be the teachers that they are called to be. And so our idea for that is to create a safe space for people to explore and express who they are, what they think and what they feel, uh, and to get some information, some inspiration, some motivation on all things related to education. So the idea here is that you drop a question in the chat um, and I will answer it, but also the community will answer it as well. So you can go on, you can see uh, like other people will, will comment back to you. And so it creates like this, this conversation around what you're going through. It's not just like a one and done sort of thing. If you have a friend that had a hard week, shoot him a text message real quick. Send him the link. It's right here on, on Facebook and on uh, YouTube. It might be something good for them to jump in to see like, look, do we have answers for every single thing? No. Can I get to the bottom of every single thing in, in the amount of time given? No. Uh, but is it, just a good space to remind you of like why like that we're all in this together i think that's why like a lot of like when i think about like um teacher misery or uh like we are teachers or, or like some of these like enormous platforms that exist on social i think you know part of the reason that they blow up is because you want to feel like you are not in this alone um, I think the next step to that, like identification and, and knowing that is one thing, but I think if you really want to like optimize who you are as an educator, what you have to do is grow from that and figure out what are next steps to get to that next place. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what we're trying to do here. If that's not enough, you can follow us on social. There's tons of stuff out there. Um, and not so much on Twitter because it's, uh, Twitter could be a, can't do it all. Could be a dark, evil place over there too. Um, <laughs> and then anything else you can find right at realrapwithreynolds.com. We'd be happy to help you out with anything that we can. Does the dog need to go out right now? So he's no, telling me just you're just excited to be here. I got it. Okay, cool. Um, cool. And that's it. Uh, so real quick, well, are you? Do you have questions already? Okay. All right. Let me talk for sixty seconds. Uh, because it started off last week talking about how insanely impossible my school year was feeling. And although it's still in many ways feeling that way, um, I had a lot of uh, my, my friend flounders at school. She's one of the. School that is just like, um, I don't know, just lovely. Just they're just like everything about them is is incredible. So flounders um, has this term called uh, HDRs, heavy, deep, and real. And these are conversations. I talk about this in my book where like, uh, you got to get real with someone. It's going to get deep. It's going to get heavy. And it might be a little bit messy. But like the the alternative is to just live in this perpetual state of like not being happy. So um, I had a number of heavy, deep, and reels this week. And then I started blocking off my time towards the latter part of the week so that I, I couldn't just be there for everyone whenever they needed it. 
um, or whenever they wanted it. And so I try to be there for folks, but you can only give what you have. So no, I don't think anyone from school watches this. So this won't, this, this won't ruin it for me. Um, I found a basement room, a room in the basement of the school that is filled with all this crap. It is like extras from football from years gone by. It's props from proms from the last 10 years that no one threw away or got rid of or anything. And it is the most secret and awesome room I can imagine. Um, they used to use it for, for teachers that were breastfeeding. And then all those, like, I guess those kids grew up because no one's breastfeeding in there anymore. So they, uh, yeah, it's the old breastfeeding room. That's where I'm hanging out these days. And, and I'm going to make it into a spot that's like, it's going to be like the chill zone and I'm going to protect it and it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep you posted on social about that. But these are just like small things I'm trying to do to create space for myself to be prepared for the week, to be, to feel good about the week. Anything? Yeah, you're not live in the group. It didn't do it this week for whatever reason. You in Facebook? The, yeah, you see at the top, there's only two. You're live in YouTube and Facebook. Oh, snap. I put it on my own Facebook for some dumbass reason. Oh, it doesn't matter. You can. Can I add it? I don't think you can add it. It's not ever in the group, right? It's always in the. It's oh, there it is. Yeah, you did it now. Did it? Okay. There we go. Anything else? Nope. Cool. Thanks. All right. Laura. Let's jump into some questions here. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. So now I'm live on my personal Facebook <clears throat> right now, which will confuse a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles. <laughs> what the hell is CJ doing on the internet now? What's he doing? He's so weird. Okay. Well, Get that a lot, I'm everybody. My questions. Uh, Hank is our first question and he is asking it's a great question how do you handle student complaints some legit about other teachers man this is a tricky thing right because what you don't want to do is like sit there and commiserate with students about other teachers so if someone just wants to complain hank then i shut it down like if they're just like talking trash um i will well so i don't shut it down initially i never shut anything down almost anything initially what I'm trying to do here is create a space where kids can share what they're thinking and feeling, right? So when we do that, there's going to be uncomfortable or weird things that come up sometimes. So it's about me asking questions and being curious. Like, why do you say that? What happened in class? What's going on? Does this have anything to do with you? Do you think that maybe they just had a bad day? Do you think like, uh, are they doing this with other students? Do you think this is like, like, it's asking those sorts of clarifying questions and getting kids to understand that. You know, like, and, and walking them through sometimes, like, look, gang, teaching is a hard job. Like, and I walk them through that. I walk them through, like, this is not easy, um, especially in this, in this year, the 2021-2022 school year, where we came back from our school from a year and a half off, like a half of the school we've never even seen before in real life with our own eyes. And so, and you're trying to get back into the the ply this the or, or like the the routine of this and i lay out some of those things not as excuses but as reasons as to why teachers might be like on edge or melting down or having a hard time and why also students are doing the same thing um trying to explain to students that like teachers just like students are fighting a battle that they know nothing about i think that that's a good space to start but if you do see some kind of problem that seems like ah, this might not be okay um it's 
telling someone else. Like I would sometimes, I don't always address the teacher first myself. Maybe I tell their department head, I ask if anything else is going on there. I say that student brought this up, but you know, student complaints could be real. They could be because you're a teenager and you think everybody hates you. Like, um, so it's not really even putting a whole lot of validity behind what a student is saying, but it's, it's, it's taking it serious and it's addressing those situations by going to a department head, a grade level chair, something like that. Um, and if necessary, going and speaking to this teacher themselves, but more often than not, what I try to do is empower students. So if they don't like the way that, you know, they think that they're being treated unfairly, they're being graded unfairly, something's happening in the class that they don't agree with. I want to empower students to go and speak for themselves, but it's about teaching kids how to do that. And like, don't just go in when the teacher's like in the middle of trying to do a lesson and being like, how come you never grade my stuff on time? How come I got in trouble last week? It's like, bro, this is literally not the moment for this situation. So go in before school, after school, ask if they have some time, shoot them an email and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something. Do you have time that you could carve out for me? Um, and then that is, and then walking through what that conversation might look like with a teacher, with the student so that they are now empowered to go ahead and to make a move and see what happens then. And, and that sometimes works really well. What you got, dude? You writing everything down? I got another one and it's coming up. Thanks, Hank. Sorry, our next No, question. go for it. So we're doing things a little bit differently, just so you know, like this is where my, my well, wife is. I'm actually not. So today oh. we're going in order because everybody's got such great questions. Oh, um, awesome. Not that people don't have great questions. No, but, but what we're trying to do is get to stuff that is like timely or or like questions that are a little bit different than stuff I've answered like a thousand times. <laughs> Zara is asking, whenever I call home, students thinks, think I am being a snitch. Yep. Any advice on how to communicate that I am calling home because I care and not trying to get them in trouble? Yep. I just say that. And if they don't believe me, then that's on them. So I had a kid the other day that um, didn't, he didn't have his computer with him um, and we were doing something online. He didn't have his computer with him. He, I said, you need to go up to the tech people and ask for a computer for the day. They'll give you like a loaner computer. He said, I already went up there twice today and they weren't there. All right, bro. So go to the principal, tell him like Reynolds said, don't come back to class without a computer. Like I need a computer to be able to do this next thing. He goes, Nah, I'm not doing all that. And then he just sat there for the rest of the day. Like, didn't do anything. Didn't talk. Wasn't screwing around. Just sat there like this. So I go, bro, you're really going to sit there and not do any work? I don't have a computer. Yeah, so just go to the principal. Nah, I'm not doing. going to do all that. All right, bro. So I email his mom. Hey, um, your son was in class the other day, today without a computer. I asked him to go to the tech people. He said that they weren't there twice already. I said, just go to the principal. He'll make sure that you get a computer. And his answer was, nah, I'm not going to do all that. I just want, you know, and then I tell, even tell parents, your kid's success is my primary concern. They can't find success if they don't have the tools to work with. So like, I'm not sure what needs to happen, but I just want you to know that your son got a zero for the work today. And this is the reason he got a zero for the work today. If he needs help with anything, if he needs to make anything up, whatever, whatever, come see me. And these are the times and places to do that. So the next day the kid goes, um, yo, you call, you you emailed my mom? And I said, hell yeah, I emailed your mom. And he was like, why? I said, because your success is the only thing I care about. Not you liking me. It's only you winning in life. And like, even the dudes around him were just like, 
bro, you can't even argue with that. Like, you, cause you can't, you can't argue with that. I'm, I'm trying to help you win. And if you're not going to listen to me, I know damn sure you're going to listen to your mom. And now you made it go there. So the other thing that I will do sometimes, Zara, is like, I will let kids know. And I did let this kid know also. I go, so, bro, let me run you down what that phone call looks like. Hey there, this is Mr. Reynolds. Um, this is what's happening in class right now. This is what your student is deciding to do or to not do. And he's like, I don't care. You can get, you call my mom right now. I don't care. I'm like, bro, I'm not going to call your mom because I don't like calling parents. I'd rather email because um, it's easier. And uh, that is just how I did it. And like, and so, and then you have to be detached from the outcome. Know that kids are, look, and I've, I've done this before. I'm going to do it again. Kids are kind of like puppies, right? They get real mad at you. Then three seconds later, you're like, hey, Mr. Reynolds, what are you doing? What's going on here? And they're not mad anymore. And then three seconds later, they're mad at you again for something else because you told them not to unplug your refrigerator so they could plug in their cell phone and they get mad about that. Like, whatever, bro. So, uh, which is a true story. But that's kind of how I handle that. Um, and then you just shut it down. What you got, buddy? All right, next question is coming from Linda. She says, hi, I'm a first-year teacher. How would you respond to a veteran teacher who told me that I needed that I need to change my personality because I need to be tougher on my students. I was taken aback. <laughs> Linda, of course you were. Linda, you're talking to a grown man right now that has hands, a whole thing hands next to him, and any number of other bizarre things around his office at the moment. I, I only, you know, I thank people for their ideas maybe and it, like so there's a there's a guy that i grew up on uh named wayne dyer and wayne dyer said um that and this is kind of a weird practice i don't really recommend doing this i don't really know why he did it but it just was curious in, in how he did it wayne dyer if he got a really crappy review from someone someone would write him a letter and say i read your book and it was garbage i think i should get my money back and then and he would get and in the same day, in the same set of mail that came in, um, he would get a letter that said, your book is amazing and changed my life. And he would photocopy those letters and send them to the opposite person. Oh, what, can we do that yeah. for comments? That with people a, leave really crappy yeah, comments. With a line at the top from this author, H.L. Minkin, that said, you might be right. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think... Look, maybe they might be right. I don't know. I'm not in your classroom. But but I do know that not all teachers have to have the same personality. And being tough um, is that's that's too movable of a term, right? Like like so it's subjective, right? So like, what does tough mean? Like I'm silly, like crazy. Like last week we did this activity where I just had students follow me all around the school. They had to do every single thing that I did. And I saw several administrators get very upset for what I was doing. Cause we were like going out the back door and jumping over fences and going under railings and climbing over stuff. I might actually, I made an Instagram post about this, but I might actually make a video so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. So it was like, this was the activity, but like, um, what are we doing? Uh, so when we did that, it was like, um, there was there was a reason that I was doing it uh but not all classes get to do it there was one period that didn't get to do it because I I couldn't trust them enough uh this at this point in the school year to really follow me to do it to to not do something devious behind my back because I'm not looking at you I can't keep an eye behind me and walk forward 
So they weren't ready for it. Um, I still like, although I'm silly and, and wacky and whatever, um, I still give you a zero if you cheat on the tests and you're not allowed to retake it. Now I still give you a zero if you talk during your test, I still don't allow makeup work. I still don't do extra credit with regards to like, Hey, I didn't do a whole bunch of assignments going to have extra credit so I can pass by the end of the year. I just don't do it no matter what. Um, your mom could call me. The administrator could tell me that I have to do it. I just don't do it. Um, and that looks mean to a lot of kids, right? It looks like I'm not be having grace. I'm not being understanding. But the fact of the matter is, is that building relationships allows us to really understand our students. And when we understand who a kid is, then you know, no, you can't go to the bathroom right now because they know that this is in fact not really about you going to the bathroom. It's you realizing that we're about to read and you don't like reading. So now you want to go to the bathroom. I understand that. No, you like if some kids do cheat during a test and I know that it comes from a space of super of a level of anxiety that like is crippling to them. So they thought their only way out was to, was to pass. Um, and I know that because we've had a really a, a heavy, deep and real conversation about that. Then I know that I can say, Hey, look, this time I need you to know that you can retake it, but going forward, let's set up a plan so that you don't feel crushed and by, by anxiety before we take a test. It's knowing your students. So what might look like weakness to someone else is actually strength. Um, but when someone does say anything, hey, I think that was a sexist comment. Hey, I think this is racist behavior. Hey, I think that you're being too soft on kids. Hey, I don't think you're being tough enough. Um, it's, it's worth reflecting on, but knowing that you need to operate independent of the good opinion of others. That although someone's best intentions are there to try and help you or to try and help you progress or to, or to stay in this very difficult uh, occupation, that sometimes they're wrong. But it's worth sitting with that and kind of thinking it through. What you got, buddy? All right. Uh, next question is a tutoring one is from Never Hopeless by Elizabeth. She's asking should, about tutoring. Should it actually be teaching concepts that students are missing in class or just a homework helper? Um. I, oh gosh. So if what we're going for is mastery and content, um, I think kids have to understand concepts first. And then the, the homework, the doing the, the work is the practicing of that concept. Right. So, um, if a kid doesn't understand what, uh, like, like what ethos is, it's hard to show them how to do that in a persuasive essay. If a student doesn't understand what um, a biological principle is behind the work they're doing, it makes it, it's kind of like you're, you're writing and do, you're, you're working on something that you're not even understanding why you're doing it or what, what the larger idea here is. So I think that it's, it has to be a both end. It can't be one or the other. So you can, you can bypass um, concepts by checking with a student, making sure that like asking some leading questions and seeing what they know, and then jumping into the homework help. Um, but I would make sure that it's both, uh, because you can't understand one without the other. If I was tutoring, I would communicate with, I'd, I'd have some link to a teacher and say, Hey, look, uh, I've been hired by the family. I'm doing this tutoring with a student. Um, in what best, in what ways can I best support the work that you're doing? Like, do you think that they don't understand concepts? Do they just need extra time reading? Do they need more focused help? Do they need a guiding hand? And then um, these are the assignments I help them on. Let me know if there's something more I can do going forward. Because because teaching practices are going to be different too. So like you want to make sure 
like that, that, or I, I don't want to say you want to make sure that would just help align um, and let the teacher know that they have an advocate. They have someone on the other side that's helping the student. Um, Cause look, to be honest, parents don't know what the hell they're doing half the time. I know I don't. When we had no, learning from learn, home. I'm homeschooling and I have to a lot of term, times learn the concept before I teach it to the kids. Cause it's been so long since I've learned the concept myself. When well, they change everything, right? All the time. Like long division isn't the same that long division. Yeah, but I'm not teaching it that way. I'm teaching it how I want to teach it and what makes sense to my kid. I'm teaching to my child, not to anything else. Well, there's a concept. There you go. Take that. Did you okay. <laughs> I did. Cause I get saucy when it comes to that. Glitter came out. <laughs> Next question is from Taylor. He's asking any advice for a classroom intervention. I have one period that is very defiant, constant power struggle, and it's hurting my pacing and other learning. I need to have a real talk with them. Then do it. That's what I say. Um, look, I realize I we call them come to Jesus moments, <laughs> but like, and I realize that not everyone is a lover of Jesus in my class, but that doesn't matter. So, um, I, and I don't call that that to the students, but. Taylor, this is this is the moment sometimes that makes or breaks a class. Um, I have a period right now that is the only period I can't do anything fun with because they just never stop talking. They cheat right in front of me. Like they're just like, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? I'm just help. I'm just getting help. No, you're copying the answers from his paper. No, I'm not. Bro, I swear I'm just watch I'm watching you. That's what you're doing. He's he's talking to somebody else and you're just looking at his paper and writing things out well i couldn't find the answer you know that's that's not how we do it that's not that's not what we're doing right here so to me that conversation isn't just once it might happen several times but kids will know that mr garcia doesn't play and this conversation goes something to, like this gentlemen i need your so i teach all boys Gentlemen, I need your attention. I need your attention on me in three, two. Uh, we'll try that one more time. And if I have to ask more than once, I'm going to ask you to stand in the hallway while I have this conversation with everyone else because you clearly cannot handle it right now. And I can't, I don't have time to talk over you. So I need your attention on me in three, two, one. And then anybody that's still talking, you're in the hallway and you wait there until I come and get you because I'll have a separate conversation with you. And if somebody comes to my room and tries to bring those students back in, nope, please hold them in the, in the hallway. I will get to them in a moment. I'm in the middle of something and I cannot be bothered to have a conversation with them at this moment. Then it becomes, listen, I think y'all got it twisted because this school year is about you finding success. It's about you finding success in whatever subject matter we are in right now, and then breaking down as to why that subject matter is important. And it cannot be because it's college. It cannot be because next year we're doing this and you need to know this. That doesn't work. We are learning how to read because it's empowering. Because you could literally not, you could literally fail at life on such a mega scale, but if you can read, you can teach yourself to get better. It is about learning how to write and how to share your voice. That is important for these following reasons. So these are problems that I'm noticing in class. Students talking over me when I talk. If that's a problem, please write me a note and let me know that I talk too much. But as of right now, what I'm seeing is that you just can't control yourself or you're choosing not to control yourself and you're dissing me and that can't happen. L listening in class doesn't just have to do with this is what you're doing because I said so. It has to do with you helping your brothers out 
in this classroom that have a hard time paying attention because you're running your mouth over here. You need to stop because now this kid can't pay attention because he's only hearing you and he can't hear me. And then I have to say direction seven times and then it messes up the whole lesson. I need you to know that I know school sucks, that I'm trying to make it better. I'm trying to make it fun. I'm trying to make it engaging. Now, I might not be succeeding right now, but I'm trying to get better. And the best way to do that, for me to do that, is by the, what we're doing right now. But I can't do that if y'all are just constantly at, acting out of pocket, right? And then, so it's walking them through that conversation. It's also creating a space for student voice. Look, I'm not trying to be a dictator in here. I'm trying to be a facilitator. And you can believe that or you cannot believe that. But I only have your success in mind. That's the only thing I care about, right? It is not disciplining. It's not being right. It's not being anything else. It's only having you win. Um, and then giving them a space or a place to talk about some of that stuff. And, and I think that that's, that's how it's going to work. So then laying out a plan going forward, this is what this is going to look like for the time being. I think that what's best going to serve you and you can, this cannot come down from a discipline standpoint. Like we're not doing anything fun because y'all can't handle it. It is going forward. I think this is how we're best going to succeed, right? I need to give you time limits for each activity that we do in class. And if you can't finish it within that time limit, but if you were working and you can't finish it, I get it. Like I'll, I have grace for that hundred percent. But if you are, but if I put a timer on it, then we, I know we're going to get it done. A football play only take like, you know, a quarterback can only hold the ball for so long. They don't get to just sit there and go, hmm, what should I do? Should I throw it over here? Should I wait for that guy? Oh, let's see how this plays out. No, it's the timer's on, man. The clock is running. We need to make a move. That's going to push you to get work done. And so we are going to put a timer on different activities. We're going to work completely silently in class or we're going to work. Um, and if I allow certain students to listen to music, like you're going to run them through kind of what that could look like and then how that's going to ultimately lead to them winning. Now, look, you have to in those moments, even though you may not want to, Taylor, you have to celebrate small wins with students. That could be, right? So sometimes there's that level of animosity that you feel towards the class and you're like, dude, I don't want to do anything nice because you guys suck. Um, I find that like do, it, acknowledging small wins really helps. So some of the ways that I do that is uh, I went to the dollar store the other day and I bought all these terrible stickers. And for kids that get 100, you got on vo Friday's vocab test, you got a My Little Pony sticker. Um, and, and if you got an 18 out of 20, which is you only mixed up two words. I rip, I don't even cut it. I rip the sticker in half and I give you half a sticker, bro. <laughs> Reynolds, what the hell is this? Why did I get half a sticker? Because you didn't get a hundred. And if you got a hundred, I'd give you a full sticker. You got 18 out of 20. So now you're getting a half sticker or a portion of a sticker. And it's, it adds a bit of levity to the moment. It's telling kids great job or like I saw you did better this week. Like um, keep going or, uh, you know, the kids that like, I had a re kind of a difficult class do that following odyssey thing. And like, some of the kids gave up, went back to the room, like only, Sorry. Oh, Sorry. gosh, <laughs> only four kids finished. So I went to BJ's and I bought tiny boxes of cereal. And the other day we all, everyone got to pick two boxes of cereal of just those four dudes. We sat in the back while everyone else was doing guided notes. We were like eating. And I'm like, I'll just send you guys these notes. Don't even sweat about sweat it. But like, you did a great job, man. I want more people to sit back here. I got more tiny boxes of cereal. Get them together and you can come back and eat tiny cereal with us. Um, 
So it's that kind of a thing. And it's letting kids know that you think they're capable. I think we can get there. I think we can do this. I think we can have a great year, but right now we're not. And so let's, let's figure it out uh, together and then move on from there. All right. Long answer. Our next question is coming from James. How do you get over the fear of having a lesson flop? I know everything can't be a success and I need to flop to learn. Still, I agonize beyond reason that things always have to be perfect. Um, so James, that's, I don't, I think a lot of teachers feel this. Um, it's not the failure that I worry about. It's the failure taking a long time, right? If I was in a relationship, if I was with my wife and we were together for, I don't know how many years we've been together now. A long time. 20, a lot years. I think something like that. See, we don't teach math. We, were, <laughs> we got together in 1995, July of 1995. So if I got to together in July of 1995 and I figured out this year that it was like girls ain't working out we need to we need to try we need you know Chris Carson would tell us we need to pivot um like that sucks that's 20 some years in the game and then I called it quits like um and I, look sometimes maybe that's necessary that's not even the conversation I'm trying to have what I want to find out is in the first day if this lesson sucks I don't want to take I don't want to find out five weeks in that this is not the move for us right so it's about failing quickly so you can then adjust and make a move. So in my book, um, I talk about this idea of I did this lesson that I had planned out for weeks, right? I thought I was going to crush. I was so excited about it. And then within the first five to seven minutes, everybody wanted to go to the bathroom. And kids, let me tell you, that's the telltale sign. That's, things are not going the way you wanted them to when everyone's like, can I go to the bathroom? Can I, can I go after he goes? Can I go after Can I go after those several people want to go to the bat? I'm just like, bro, this is not good. That's like, if you're playing the first song in your set and you're on stage at a concert, like, bro, if everyone's going to the bathroom in the first song, might as well just pack it up and go home or figure out a different song to play. So that's what you do. You just, you can, you can switch it. So I think part of it, James, is the acknowledgement. All right, gang, look, I thought this was going to be great. I was really excited about this. I thought it was, I thought everyone was going to love this photosynthesis lesson that I put together, but it didn't. It didn't go well. So um, can we reflect on this and talk about why it didn't go well, and maybe what would you do differently if you were the teacher? And then you don't have to use everyone's ideas all the time, but that is right there, dude, James. This is like this is lessons. This is showing kids that don't ride it out. If it sucks, quit, stop, pivot, change, maneuver, do something different, right? And it doesn't mean that everything has to be different. Maybe you can change one part of it that didn't work out. Um, and then you're adding student. Are you laughing in the middle? I'm in the middle of something. I'm so sorry. It's blowing up in there. I'm going to take it. Chris Carson needs a shirt. He says, said, pivot. hold on. He said, from this point on, I will sit in my chair every time I use pivot. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, an image popped into my head of yes. Chris Carson sitting Chris in Carson, chair. could you record that <laughs> and put it online, please? Um, so if you have to change, then do it, right? But then um, you're also adding that student voice, right? You're letting kids, it's a big thing in schools now, right? Like it's like letting kids speak back to what's going on, how they want to learn and how they think this could work better and then change it. And I'm telling you that when you allow students to speak into the lesson, to change things up, to decide how and how we're going and when we're going and what we're doing to get to the goal, right? And then you go, listen, 
I want you to know that I went home this weekend, and although I couldn't take everybody's ideas into consideration, here are ways that we are going to move forward uh, after after like having that conversation the other day. And then things change because kids know that they have power, that they have a voice, that they've changed something in the classroom. I just think that, that should be celebrated. So that's how I think you get over it is you acknowledge it, you ask kids what they think, and then you you Chris Carson that situation and, and pivot and move on. <laughs> I can't okay. spin around in my chair because I don't have enough room back here, but uh, I would. Okay. I have this giant Dr. Evil chair that I sit in. Alex is asking, thanks for everything, Reynolds. I love all your stuff. Any advice on how to improve public speaking? You make it look so effortless. You know what? The first answer is to be comfortable. So when you're doing a live feed, even make sure that you have pajama pants on still the shirt that looks almost identical and you didn't feel like fixing your hair. So you just put this hat on and then you will feel more comfortable. Um, I think Alex, thank you so much. First of all, for that comment, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I think that doing something over and over again is the answer. Like, like that's how you get better at doing it. But I also think it's a mental game, right? So like when I, um, so I just did it. I did a talk, uh, several weeks ago at, uh, only in school district up in, up in New York state. And, um, which ironically is the place where they filmed the quiet place in the quiet place too. That's what I, that's what I heard oh, really? word on the street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so they, I got up on stage and it's this room, it's the whole district is in there. Right. And it's this huge, huge auditorium. And my wife was like, what did you say? You're like, it made me nervous. I, I am nervous for you. I don't go to many of his things, but this one, I went with him and I got to sit in the audience and, and listen or whatever. And sitting there just, I, I don't know, I would have thrown up all over. The but then what happened so during nervous. my presentation that even made you more nervous? You oh, remember? the tech stopped working. Which So like the school didn't allow YouTube. So my like YouTube videos wouldn't play. None of the audio was there. It just kept like. Was a it was like a thing after a thing after a thing after a thing didn't work i don't care i just jumped off the stage and i like held a microphone up to it i just like i can i figure out ways to maneuver through that but the way that i do that we didn't even talk about this is that i practice my speech several several times uh before i ever do a talk i also have visuals that go along with it so i feel like that piece is prepared and then I imagine I do this practice where like, this isn't new, like I didn't invent this, but like I, when I pray in the morning, when I meditate, when I'm praying and meditating about a lot of times is I'm envisioning what this, this is actually going to look like. I envision people enjoying it. I envision myself like effortlessly moving throughout the space. And so that over time just builds confidence and confidence is the key. That's that's how you get over everything. That's how you become a better teacher. That's how you have better classroom management. That's how you, um, I don't, I don't tell you do anything in life is, is figuring out how to have confidence. And so confidence looks like a lot of different stuff. It looks like, do I feel confident in the way that I look when I go on stage? So I want to make sure that I'm wearing something that I feel good about myself in. Did I, um, am I prepared? Do I feel like I have some level of mastery around what I'm doing? It is, um, moving through the, through the room and shaking people's hands and looking at them in the eye and welcoming them to, to the talk. Like it's, it's moving in confidence through all those things. And look, that cannot be real too. You can fake some of that stuff. I have to fake that I'm confident about a lot of stuff. 
sometimes because I just don't like some weeks I come on here and I don't I I like we had an argument right before something happened. The dog threw up in the kitchen right before the neighbors outside cursing again, like, like crazy person. Like there's like, I got a, a email that I didn't expect. And it's like, oh, damn, I got to fix that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are being nuts or whatever. The dog tries to eat the male person. Like um, it is, it is. And so I think the faking part of that, right. It's building a level of resiliency in you so that you can, you can, click into that when you need to but that's that's kind of how i, I think it's also that. recognizing if you have if you're like something you need to take a class on or be skilled or be taught yourself yeah like i think that it's it, it is optimizing who me, you I are i have to take a class yeah and i think that that's right so because sign up for toastmasters or something but naturally, like yeah. it is it is optimizing who you are it is th this is the whole thing is like when we talk about self-care self-care isn't just you know, watching Netflix, it's not just buying, going out and shopping for toilets. Um, because you need a new one because you <laughs> tried to clean the tank last week and then it cracked it and then it broke. True story. Um, so it is not just like it's not just going out to dinner with friends, it is making a better version of you. So it's taking courses. Uh, so my, my spiritual director would say that we spend we have no problem spending money on on what we put on us but we rarely spend money on what we put in us. So buying a book, taking a course, going to a seminar, going away on a retreat, like doing something that is going to make you a better version of you uh, is so critical and important. And then that's going to have all these rippling effects in all these other places in your life. Okay. Um, our next question is, there it is coming from Linda. Um, she is asking, how do I handle students who kiss up to me? They're sweet kids, but I don't even know if they're aware that they're doing it. And then they don't do the work that I assign. Uh, and then it becomes, you give them a zero and they go, how can you give me a zero? But I thought we were so cool. Um, I think the kissing up, there's not always something you can do about that. Some kids, I look, and, and so Linda, I would say this without like, it would be easier if like I, I, we talked about this and I kind of had a sense of what was going on. Um, I'm real. Look, all the work put into myself, all the stuff that I do, I really put myself in a position to get compliments, um, but they make me very uneasy. I don't do well with compliments. I did not grow up in a family where you got complimented very often. And so now I feel like I'm a grown man that has a hard time with this. And I have to like, it's something I work through. Um, I'll be honest with you on YouTube videos. If I get too much love in, in a comment, I sometimes I have to like stop myself from just glancing by it. I make myself read it. I force myself to eat the vegetables of love. Well, wow, that was, oh man. Oh, vegetables of love. Vegetables of love. That's a bumper sticker right there, Chris Carson. Oh so, uh, <laughs> then my ADD sends me down a trail of thinking about a thousand other Focus. things. The So, it is not something that I do easily. So, when a kid keeps telling me how great my class is, how nice my room is, it's just saying, thank you so much for saying that. Then, when they don't do the work, bro, why aren't you doing the work? You love my class. You love me. And now, you're making me feel some type of way you're not doing my work and then you're going to fail and then you'll tell everyone while you're pushing carts at the local supermarket uh because you didn't graduate from high school that mr reynolds is my favorite teacher but now what did that get you it got you pushing carts at the local supermarket so i think it's you know 
what you're doing, Linda, you're actually like in a really great place to be able to have real conversations with the student. Let them know like, look, I like that you like me. I like that you like my class. It's great. I love it. Who doesn't like to be liked? But if you're not finding success, you're making me look bad. All right. So you got to get it together. You're making me look bad because Mr. Reynolds is the best. And the kids always go like this. Reynolds is the best because he's so funny. No. How come I can't be the best because I'm so smart? Right? Like, that. come on, guys. Help me out sometimes. So I think it's just having those real conversations with students and letting them know, I like you too, but I like you so much that I'm willing to fail you because you didn't do work. Bet. And now I'm going to call your mom. All right. Next. We're going to go over to free. Well, he's asking, or they, I don't know if it's a man. Uh, question. Love my job, but I feel for the past year or so, my school has depended on me for everything, even admin stuff. And I honestly just want to teach my stuff, but it feels like they expect me to do things um, that nobody else is doing and anything is doing anything. And it's affected the school culture. So I feel like I'm doing stuff between a rock and a hard place. So um this is really interesting and so let me see where i want to go with this because there's a number of different places we could go with this so i had this conversation recently let's let's take it here first right let's go go from the jump i would pour into myself right like kind of like the conversation we were just having about how are we creating boundaries um, how do we deal with, with, with boundaries? And so someone that I really like recently is uh, Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, so you can start by, so my pastor has a podcast um, and it's, it's, uh, it is faith-based, but it's not like religious, right? Um, and it's the Dar Dr. Darius Daniels podcast. In that podcast, he has an episode with this guy, Dr. Henry Cloud. This is how I got put on to Henry Cloud. Henry Cloud talks a lot about boundaries. Now, look, you could go read books or you could just go watch a pod, listen to a podcast. You could go watch an interview because what I'm trying to do, and, and this is what like uh, one of my mentors told me, what you're trying to do is figure out you want the fastest way to download information, right? People that like, we could hold people up on a pedestal that read a lot of books, but like, bro, I don't, I don't always have time for the book. I need the interview. I need the podcast. I need the, the quick, like the note version, like give me the quick download so I can go with this information. And I think once we figure out how to have healthy boundaries, how to say no with love, um, that that is going to help our lives tremendously because schools will try to put any number of things on you because they need it. And probably it's because they trust you. They count on you. We they, they think that you do a great job. So if you did a great job here, why wouldn't you do a great job in all these other areas? So this has happened to me a lot. I say no to 90% of the stuff I'm asked to do. There's a guy named Derek Sivers who once said, you're either going to say, I'll, I'll curb his language and, and, and say it a slightly different way. My answer to, he says, when someone asks me to do something, if my answer is not hell yeah, then it's no. Like if I'm not stoked. And now look, that changes a little bit because I have friends in school and I have people that I trust. I have people that I admire. I can understand situations sometimes where I'll step into something, even if it's not something I'm stoked to do because I'm helping out a friend or there, I see the need and it's like, all right, this time I'll do this, but let's not make a habit of it. Um, that's fine. But for the most part, if when I'm asked to do something, Reynolds, would you come in and proctor the SATs on Saturday? Nope. Because it doesn't make me go, hell yeah. Reynolds, would you coach the track team, which people really ask me to do all the time, just because I run doesn't mean I know anything about track. Nope. Um, 
there's a million of those, right? The other thing, and look, I'm going off your profile picture here, and I just want to speak to this and and I like because I think it's worth mentioning. I have noticed a trend in our school, and I and I've read a bit about this, and I've seen that it's a trend beyond my school, is that oftentimes we ask black male educators to be in charge of things like discipline um, because it is something we feel like they're going to like innately be better at, or it's like, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly, I'm, so I'm kind of half cooked on this, but like I have a young man that works at my school that was brought in um, to be a teaching fellow, right? So he's going, he's, he is supposed to be like sitting in on classes, helping prepare lessons. So we're essentially like, he's there as a paid position, but he is training to be a teacher. Now, along with that comes with some other obligations and duties of, uh, of like, to like help facilitate things, um, help facilitate conversations with students, calling parents. There's, there's other things he has to do, but this year, um, he's just been dumped on for like every single discipline issue. Like he has to deal with all the stuff and so there is a lot of information, a lot of literature that backs this up that shows that like black males are often or people of color in general are kind of like, oh, there's a we're having a problem with a with a child of color. Let's give it to you. And so I think that it's important to have boundaries around that sort of thing, too, because you want to help. Right. But you can't do all the things you can do anything. Right. Uh, one of my mentors said you can do anything, but you can't do everything. So it's about having those boundaries, because I think, look, like not to go on with this too long, I think what one of the things that that's going to do is when we create boundaries like that, what it's doing is it is putting the job back on to leadership, right? I said this before, I'll say it again. It is not the teacher's job to do everything. You don't have a curriculum, not your job, right? There's no one on bus duty today, not your job, bro. I teach. That's what I do. And in my off time, I hate air quotes, but I'm going to use them anyway. Off times, what I'm doing is building relationships with students. I am creating lessons that are engaging, exciting, and informative. I am building relationships with my colleagues. So it might look like drinks to you, but in the business world, we call it networking because I am I am commiserating, I am engaging, and I'm getting excited about things and planning for things going forward that I can only do now. And I need that time, space, and space to create that energy, to create that plan, to be able to do that thing. So no, I can't do all the things that you're doing. You're the leader, lead, hire, get somebody's butt in here to do that job because I'm not doing lunch duty because we, we're short today. All right, our next question is coming from Sterling. That was a great question. I'm trying to get it. Thanks for your truth. I think our internet is being wacky. our internet is being wacky, um, and we're fixing that today. I'm our fixing that today. Mesh, mesh wireless system comes in. No. Um, okay, darling is asking, what do I do if I often get irritated by three kids who are smart but quite rude? They keep disrupting the class and having comments. I become irritated, and I don't like who I am when this happens. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be real honest with you. Because otherwise, this would be real crap with my own. So, um, two weeks ago, I have a kid who the poor dude has a leg injury too, right? So he has to sit on my couch all day, so his leg can be elevated on my coffee table. Um, and he comes in and he can't see the board because of where he's sitting. And I've tried, like, the logistics of this are not really that important. But the fact is, the matter is that the board's behind him. He's facing this way. The whiteboard's over here. And so, I 
said the directions. No kidding. Six times. And I don't even usually do that. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I, I said six times. Then my man goes, like three minutes in, yo, wait, what are we doing? Bro. So I yell at him. I didn't, I didn't raise my voice. I didn't uh, use an authoritative tone. I just straight yelled at my man. Like, and I'm not even going to replicate it here because it hurts my heart to, to know that I did this. He immediately was like, just melted. He's this like big, strong boy that has to sit on the couch and he just melted. And I immediately was like, I'm a total ass. Like, I can't, I can't believe I just did that. So I get everyone else squared away. He shuts down, throws his paper on the, on the ground. He's not doing anything now. So I have to go over and I go, listen, I, and I realize this isn't exactly your question because this kid isn't that consistently rude kid. He's a really kind kid that I blew up on, but I think that's a good example too. I have to go over and I go, bro, listen, I'm really sorry that I did that. You are never a problem in class. Um, you didn't listen to me this first six times I gave directions, but that's you know, all right, whatever. But, but you didn't deserve that reaction from me. I really apologize. And I'm really sorry that I did that. Um, and so we had this conversation and then he even came back later and he told me how much he appreciated me being kind to him with other kids that kind of like in that, that are like a fart in class, right? They, they, it, it permeates, it goes out and it, it messes everything up. Right. Um, I have those kids too this year. I just shut it down. You're just not allowed to have more of my energy. And I actually envision myself going in the class. I think, so look, I, I read, I heard someone talk about this recently. I do a lot of, uh, like I talked about this already, but like meditating where I'm sort of like thinking about going forward, like what my day is going to look like, what I want to have happen in it. Um, and so whether you think that's manifesting or whatever, but um, what I do is I envision the tough parts too. And then how am I going to navigate around those tough parts? So I have a kid and one of my classes sits right in the front and he's just a pain every day. Like everything is nothing I do is cool. Nothing I do is good enough. Everything is a challenge. Everything is, I'm not doing this. Why we got to do this? Why am we, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing, you're doing this. Why are you doing this? We don't have to do this. This is dumb. So stupid. Why am I even in this class? And so I just, you gotta, you gotta just flow with that. Right. I just go, I don't know why any one of us are doing this to be honest. I don't know why we're doing this either. So I, I, I handle it with humor, but even that, like, I just shut it down. Like, if you're doing too much, if you're being too out of pocket, I just ask you to step out. I call somebody in. I call home. I, like, take the direct steps that I need to take. But I have a very clear and calculated outcome as to what I want. I know exactly what I'm going to do. First, I'm going to ask you to stop. Second, I'm going to say, first, I'm going to say a joke. Second, I'm going to ask you to stop. Third time, I'm going to ask you to chill. And if I have to go any further, then we're going to have to take next steps. I just want you to know that, right? And then I don't even listen to their answer because they're going to have under some under the breath answer, right? Let's move on and start helping kids that I want to help. And I start loving on kids that need it. So that might mean I have googly eyeballs in my pocket and I'm and I'm setting up love all over the classroom because I'm giving kids attention. That might mean that I'm putting stickers on people's papers. That might mean that I'm doing something silly. So the re so what you're doing to counteract that negativity is you're you are doing there's so much explosive joy happening in the classroom that's coming from you that you don't need anyone's feedback from it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to care all over the place. And then that generally either shuts that child down or it amplifies their behavior. And at that point, you just have them removed from class. Like, look, let's speak to removing kids from class real quick. Cause I'm sure there are people out there that like, um, are going to give you a hard time for this. 
no, I'm not giving you a hard time for it. You should absolutely do it sometimes. And but but with the expectation that I'm not just kicking someone out because they're a problem. I am removing someone from class because I need someone to speak to this child and speak to the truth into their life right now because I can't because I have a class of 32 kids in a classroom that was supposed to have 18. Um, and I don't have the time, space or energy to have this conversation with this child right now. So I need someone to come down, help this kid readjust so that they can come back into the classroom and win. That's it. That's why I'm removing kids from class. Um, and sometimes you cannot have a kid return that day. And even if your admin tells you you need to, I'm sorry, but I'm going to just say this once because I have other, I have 31 other kids in my class that was supposed to be 18 in the beginning of the year, but you already knew that. And in a class that safely is only supposed to have 14 because of COVID. And that's what you told me in the beginning of the year, but we'll, we'll ignore that for the moment too. I need this child to stay out of the class for the rest of the day. And I can follow up with you later, but I don't have time to have a conversation about it right now um, because I'm going to lose my class because what we're doing is building engagement. And what you did right now, even coming back into my classroom is you stepped on the stage, made me stop mid song. And now I got to figure out a way to launch back into the song. And I can only do that once. Um, and so that's how I handle those situations. This is a great follow-up question for um, uh, from Sophie. She's asking, when you send students out to the hallway, how do you handle that conversation with them? So uh, I may have made a video about this at some point. Um, I should probably just make another one. No? Uh, so that looks like when I have a kid in the hallway. So first of all, logistically, uh, this might not be easy for everyone, right? Because you have a class that like you can't take your eye off of. But typically, I move back. Um, I have myself in a position where I can, the classroom door is open or at least halfway open. So I can still see the class and they can still see me. So nothing uh, like egregious is going to happen while, while I'm there. The kid is not an eye shot of the, of what's going on. So they're past the door frame. So what they are, so if they cry, if they get upset, if they say something, no, no, there's not going to be an audience there. I also keep a pretty flat look on my face so that no one is able to pick up on all the time what I'm doing. Um, and so I send that kid out, I get everyone aligned so they know what's happening next. So I know about how much time I had. I then step into the hallway and say, hey, listen, um, Kevin, we'll use Kevin because that's that's Kevin right there. Um, so I've had these conversations, I had these conversations with Kevin many times. <laughs> um, Kevin, I asked you to step out here because I'm not sure what's going on. Let me just explain what I'm seeing. And then I want to know if maybe, maybe I'm seeing it wrong. Maybe you're not doing the thing that I'm, that I think you're doing or saying or whatever, but I want, this is what I'm looking at. I feel like this is what's happening in class. Now, what I need to know from you first is, am I doing any, so, so is that happening? The kid will say yes or no, or they, or I don't know, right? This is the classic. It's I'll know. I'll know. So, so it's like, whatever. Uh, Kev, here's what I need to know. I I'm seeing you do this. And I'm wondering, did I do anything that might have upset you that is causing you to behave like that or, or having you choose to behave like this? And now Kev has a choice. Kev can say, yeah, you never pick on me. You never, um, you pick on everyone else. You never allow me to help in class. You never give enough time. And I'm pissed off because you ask a question and three seconds later, you want to answer instead of giving me a time. And I, it takes me longer to process. It takes me longer to think about an answer sometimes. So, or you know, you, uh, you skipped me. You said you were going to come back to me and you just don't ever, you don't ever answer my question. Right. So now I can say, Kev, I'm really, I apologize. I'm sorry. I did not know that I was doing that. But I, what you can rest assured in is knowing brothers that going forward, I'm going to do my best to not do that anymore. And if I am doing that, I need you to just call me over and let me know, bro, you're Reynolds, you're doing it again. And then I'll check myself. 
right? I appreciate you being honest with me, being open with me, because it's going to help me be a better teacher for you. So I appreciate that, right? So that's one way. Or Kev could go, no, nah, you're not doing anything wrong. And then I go, well, then listen, you're just being out of pocket, bro. And here's what you need to know that I only want you to be successful, but I can only be successful if you're a willing participant of what's happening here. That if you are not a willing participant, then that's like going to the gym and you're just holding up the treadmill. And Reynolds hates when people hold up the treadmill. Either get on there and run or get your ass off the treadmill because I don't have time for this, right? But that it is opening up a conversation also where, look, we can follow up later, but I need to know from you, what do I need to be doing that's going to like, what do I need to do to engage you? What do I need to do to make this a place that you want to be or that you like, don't hate being, right? So what's going to happen is I'm going to, I want you to come back in class and this is what I need to see. If that doesn't happen, I need to take next steps. And that first step is going to look like me calling home, but I'm not even calling home to get you in trouble. I'm going to inform your folks or your caregiver as to why you're doing what you're, or, or ask, like, let them know what you were doing. But then I also need more information. I need to know who you are, what you're about, where you come from, what you believe to be true, uh, and what's happened to you in the past. So like, maybe you had a really bad year last year. Maybe you hate math. Maybe you had a hard time with reading because you low key, you know, have some things that like haven't been discovered or, or aren't clear on your IEP. Like, I need to make we need to take this to the next level. But you, you need to know that this is coming from this from this place. Why would I Go to the principal, go to the vice principal, go to the dean, go to your caseworker, call your parents, talk to other teachers. Why would I do that? Because I never, ever, 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 ever want to give up on you. And so I'm going to keep doing what I can do. But you need to know that your that my kindness only goes so far, that it's not weakness. And that if I need to remove you from class because I have 30 other kids in there that need to learn right now, it's 100% that's what's going to happen. So know that I'm showing up to be a willing participant and to be your educator but if you're not going to show up and participate with me, then bro, you got to You got to go until we can figure something out. Um, and that's, that's kind of how that's like a generalization of how I would roll that. Um, next question is from Rebecca Wood. She says, happy Sunday. I have some students that ask me to just lecture all the time because they insist this is how <laughs> they learn best. All right. Fair but enough. Is it my style or how I think learning happens best? But I can't get, and I don't know if there was another one. You can answer that. Okay. So if you can find the other part, then I got it. But I, I think, think I get the just good. I can. That's it. That's the um, so, Rebecca, here's one of the things that educators have to learn is that if education is only, in fact, ever about the student, then that's it. End the game. Like, and so there are classes where, like, the class I talked about earlier that, like, everything's timed. We can't do anything fun. I can't have you out of your seat. Like we're not there yet. Um, and that's not to say that we won't ever get there. Uh, it just, it sucks. I hate teaching those classes because I, I don't feel like I'm teaching um, or I'm at least not playing to my strengths. I'm doing what's needed for you, but that is what the game is. That's the job is doing that. So you can build in other things because, and here's two reasons why. Sometimes I do stuff, Rebecca, because I want to do them. I tell kids, look, I know this isn't your jam, but I need to do this for me. All right. It's not just about you. I need to have some fun. Otherwise, I'm going to die as long, slow death standing in front of you talking all day. Um, or differentiating instruction, we need to explain to students, is not just about creating opportunities so students can have their strengths exploited and worked on. It's so kids can be challenged. So they sometimes have to do things that aren't easy for them or 
aren't the way that they learn best because we want to round out the ways that because look when kids go into college and in the workplace they're no one's going to differentiate things so that they can just have things so that it's the best that they can have all the time right but it is training kids to embrace that suck to embrace the thing that is not exciting that is not energizing that is not fulfilling to you and pushing through it anyway and so when I ran, when I, I did this experiment, if you, if you don't follow me on Instagram, where I ran every day in 2019, I ran 403 days in a row. And I ran in the ice, in the snow, in thunderstorms, in hail, um, which really sucks. Um, I ran when it was really, really cold out. I ran when it was really, really hot out. And this, it's, the reason I did this was it was an experiment in working through things that just suck and doing it anyway. And so sometimes differentiating, I have kids that hate doing projects. I have kids that love doing projects. I got to do projects because I got to have you do both because I want you to grow as an individual too. So sometimes that's what we can talk to our students about is like, we're going to differentiate this, but that's not just so you, you can have choice or just so you can, which is important or not just so you can learn in a way that is exciting for you, which is important. But so you can learn how to embrace something that sucks and push through it anyway. And I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of learning that happens within that as well. All right. Do you have time for one more? I got time for one more, baby. All right. We're going to go with our friend, Little Space Freckles. And I'm oh. just going to read them all because there's a lot. But she's having some She had a great post in the Facebook group the other I day. Um, if you are not... if you're So if you don't follow Little Space Freckles on social, you should. But like if you go to our Facebook group... Um, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk uh, on Facebook. It's completely free. It's only educators. There's no like uh, um, like brands in there or anything like that. No one trying to sell you their course or something like that. Every once in a while, I'm trying to sell you something, but like like my book, go buy it now, Amazon. Uh, but uh, we are, um, Freckles had a really funny post in there the other day that's worth checking out. So go ahead. She's asking, she says, I'm kind of at a loss of what to do. Our school is becoming increasingly more militant by the day. I work at a private school and the public school in our district decided to take the first week of November off because they saw how burnt out students and teachers are. Students began trying to advocate for the same thing. Oh, at her school, her students began trying to advocate for the same thing as well. And admin and some teachers tried to shut them down or tell them they need a valid reason to request a break. They're telling the students that they have to make up make a presentation to get the same time off. Meanwhile, I have kids who told me they are missing school because they are having anxiety attacks. Some other teachers and, and I have expressed anxiety attacks before work. When we try to bring this up with the admin, they try to sympathize but still expect us to function as if things are normal. I got in trouble on Friday for taking my class outside for the last 15 minutes of the last class of the day. Admin told me kids can no longer go outside because it takes away from instruction time. We are now being told we need to teach bell to bell because we are a college prep school and I'm not really sure what the question is. I'm just lost and I feel like I'm not doing enough. Oh, what does that sound like to you? Your school. Exactly, exactly <laughs> with the kind of nonsense that I'm dealing with at exactly. school right now. So let's run were, this down. This is a great last question. You got told about taking the kids in the hall or what you were doing. Go ahead. I'm going to explain it. The other day, I'm in class. There is um, a summit meeting, which means all the freshmen had to go downstairs on uh, the prior Tuesday. So that my second period class was behind now. 
had to catch them up the following Tuesday. On that Tuesday, I said, listen, we have twice as much work to get through today. But if we can get through that, Raishan always makes amazing paper airplanes. Um, if Raishan, this is not his real name either. If Raishan um, makes a paper airplane while we're doing this, I will take you in the hallway. We will all take a turn and see who can get the airplane to fly the furthest. But we need to get through what we need to get through first. This buys, this creates buy-in, right? So now you have kids that know there is even a silly thing like throwing paper airplanes. I didn't even think that would work. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think it was enough of an incentive, but apparently it was. They were all stoked. Everyone dialed in. We got done everything. We had seven minutes left. So I go, here's what's going to happen. We're going to quietly step into the hallway. You're not allowed to talk while we're in the hallway. We're going to pick one person at a time. Don't ask if you can go next. I will decide who goes. I'm going to show you where to throw the paper airplane is from. And then you're going to come down, mark your spot by standing there, and we'll keep doing well, doesn't an administrator walk out into the hallway while we're doing this? And they asked my co-teacher, why are you doing this? And she like, Kayla was like, uh, uh, she goes, Reynolds, you got to tell him. I don't know what to tell him. So I get pulled into office at the end of the day. And I get asked, um, I have a question. What was the thing around the paper airplane? Not really accusing me at first, but figuring maybe it had something to do with the lesson. I said, oh, I go. It was just for fun. We, I was using it as an incentive because the students had all this work to do, blah, blah, blah. And I get asked, um, so it wasn't a part of your lesson plan? Because, indeed, we are also supposed to be teaching Bell to Bell, and we are a college prep school, and we're dealing with learning loss over the last year and a half of COVID. And so, you have new admin who's new up to listen. Yes. So I, my answer is, oh, it's not necessarily a part of my lesson plan. It's a part of building classroom culture. It's something that I call having fun. And it <laughs> creates a classroom culture where kids are never know what's going to happen, where fun and silliness and wackiness and wonder are a part of the fiber of the classroom. And that builds a culture of wonder and excitement and buy-in. So sometimes we use this thing called fun to do that. That was my conversation that I had. So then. But wait, the best part is, is when you explain that, what did your admin he say? He said, you? I'd still rather see it be a part of the lesson plan. And I said, well, you will never see it be a part of the lesson plan because that's just not how I roll. Um, and look, I think the point here is that, and, and to, to your question, right, let me say this real quick example also. There was a protest amongst our students because our school lunch is so abysmally terrible. Um, that, that I don't even know if I just used that word right, but whatever. It, it, so it's it's horrible. So the students did a protest where they refused to eat the lunch. Instead, they all brought food in. They shared food at the lunch table while all the lunches sat up there on the lunch counter. And it was so they did this protest where they weren't going to eat the lunch. And guess what? friggin' worked because we changed our contract with the lunch people and we're getting better lunch starting November 1st at our school. And instead of applauding children for this, it was like, like the communication was, if you don't like the lunch, you better go to a different school. If you don't like what's happening, um, you can't have a juice if you don't take the lunch with it also. And to me, this is like, and the conversation I had with students, I'll be honest with you right here on the, on the internet for the world the conversation I had with students was, this is so empowering. This is so incredible. You guys are using your voice. You're using nonviolent tactics to get what you want, which is something that's worth having anyway. Like, hell yeah. So freckles, if I was in your position and students had to do a presentation, I'd be like, yo, how, what do we want? 
how do we want to roll this out? How do we want to create this? Let's create a presentation that's not just a PowerPoint, but has like, like, let's make it next level. Let's make this something that's incredible. Let's make this something that like parents are going to hear about. And they're going to be like, damn, like the kids, like they really need a day off and they're really melting down. They really, they like, and other than just like the fact that we're already burnt out and feeling anxiety to ask kids to go above and beyond to create a, a presentation anyway. Oh, you don't, you don't feel great. Create a presentation. No, no, no. You don't understand. I'm already feeling overwhelmed. Why would I do something else? I'm already coming to you being vulnerable, being open, being a kid that's sharing their thoughts and feelings with you. Instead of just applauding that already, I'm saying, let's, I think kids should next, next level what they're doing, create something that's amazing that no, that's so, that Steve Martin says, be so good. They can't ignore you so that yes, you're getting time off so that you can recuperate. And if that doesn't happen, I'm going to tell you what I build that into my lesson where we have now, we have get down Fridays in my poetry class, where it is basically a study hall and you can create, fill up, uh, do makeup work. Um, but that I have time to just grade and to do my, and to meet with students and, and to look at grades with them and things of that nature that I don't have because it's not built into the curriculum. Otherwise, I'm building those things into my lesson plans so that we can move forward uh, and, and address some of those needs, even though it's not being done from the top down. Um, I'd say to Will Space Freckles, man, if you're in that environment from the outside, I can say like dealing with CJ is like protect your peace, man. Is Protect the Joe most piece. important thing I think this no. whole year for you. I'm telling you, when my when like, they started off with the year with the message of I'm gonna stress you out after bro, we like four kids died this year. You know, stress me out. We like, all just went through a year and a half shutdowns. of COVID shutdown. You're gonna stress me out. Like 60% of my school staff left. You're gonna stress me out. So I just come back at it with you're not gonna stress me out. Watch this. Watch this, because I'm not playing. And then I just I'm finding ways to drop joy bombs all over the school all day. Um, because that that's my counter to that. It's not like being passive aggressive, but it's almost like I'm going to fight against this. It's just as hard as you're pushing on this stuff on me. I'm going to fight back with love and kindness and joy and excitement and weirdness and fun. But that for you to be able to do that requires boundaries for what they're trying yes. to get you to do and boundaries, even on nights and weekends and at home, like, there hasn't been real real rap with Reynolds doesn't get done Monday through Friday because you are so exhausted yes. by your week. Like, right. Yes. There's like, you have to have boundary place yeah. to be able to do that within that environment. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And then real rap with Reynolds will come after that. But look, gang, this is, these are such great questions. And let me just say this, the fact that you even show up, I've said this before. I'll say it a hundred more times. The fact that you even show up on a Sunday, right. And you're watching stuff on education is a big deal. It is not, it's, I have a feeling that some folks come at this looking at it, it's like from a place of desperation, but I think that it really comes from a place of like engine of wanting to be the teacher you were called to be. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for asking questions that are, that are really important and that other people are watching this and they're listening to your questions. And then they are being empowered by the fact that you're even showing up and doing this good work. If we can help you with anything else, Please go to our uh, website, realrapwithreynolds.com. I'll answer any question. There's all kinds of other stuff there too. There's resources and we're trying to build that out this year, but it's been stressful. Um, if you need someone to speak at your school, if you want uh, books or, or whatever other kind of wacky crap we have on there, you can go and do that um, or join our Facebook group. It really is like 
look, there's hairy stuff that happens in there sometimes. There's, a, but not not that much. I'd say we are 95% awesome on there, right? And the 5% that's not awesome, good, bring it. We're, we're down with having those heavy, deep, and real conversations with people, right? Um, we love you guys. We love that you're what you're doing. We hope that you have the greatest week ever this week. Um, and that's it, gang. We'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>